listening to Games for the End of the World together with Lynx. Hey, I'm Tom Deacon, and this is Games for the End of the World, together with Lynx. Now, each week, I get a different guest to come and join me in the bunker, safe from the apocalyptic world that is happening outside. And we get to talk about the games that we love and the games that shaped us. Why? Well, good question. Well, because it's the end of the world and games are the only thing that are going to get us through it. Now, my guest today, I'm glad to say, I'm very excited to have him on board because he is part of the Scott Mills Radio 1 show, also famously asked out Myla Kunis, and he's also the best third of the Peter Crouch podcast. It's the one and only Mr. Chris Stark. Mate, Chris, what an intro. Yeah. I sort of feel like you're recapping my life there in quite a wonderful way as well. Yeah, but in, but I've done it just enough to give us a little flavour because yeah. hopefully I'll get to know you from the beginning to kind of present now. Yeah, okay, cool. If there was the apocalypse happening and mm. you had to choose a character from the world of gaming that could be your mm. companion, who would you choose to sort of get through it all? Ah, uh, okay. Uh, well, you want someone else that is um, that, that that can survive anything. Uh, and my first thought on that is: Do you remember the butler on Tomb Raider, the <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the one that just follows it around with the yeah. tray? And um, someone showed me a video of this not that long ago, and it was and it just brings back memories of doing the same. Is that when you played this game for reasons that none of us can really understand why you did it, other than just because you could, uh, you'd lock the butler in the freezer. Sure. And it doesn't matter that you lock the butler in the freezer. Um, you know, he'd still survive. And it was quite an incredible... And that's why I think in an apocalypse situation, he's the perfect person to have following you around with a tray of... Yeah. You know, a tray of drinks. Yeah. Uh, the first guest, I like this as well. Got a cup of tea and a little cup of water as well. Stay hydrated. For... Sure. It's important. Um, uh, but he can obviously deal with the freezing cold temperatures if there is fire and brimstone we'll soon i guess you'll soon find out whether he can survive that. absolutely also i don't know how old the thing is about computer game characters they rarely age don't they mm. um so the butler was old when i was young and i'm now a bit older so i don't know how old this butler would be now but i don't think that matters that's the beauty no. of computer games they sort of stay the same yeah the, the worst scenario for you you get older but he's like benjamin button and gets younger <laughs> yeah and his role is he's now useless so one got... day though and yeah. we need to consider this we will be older than the butler on tomb raider and all we can hope is that you know someone doesn't lock us in a freezer let's take you way back yeah. you grew up in watford yeah mighty mighty watford yeah. uh as a sort of childhood watford nice place to grow up in terms of you getting into gaming and the first sort of games and memories you have i remember when i so when i was at school um much like now i was i was really sad and um i used to spend quite a lot of my time making a school magazine that no one asked for no one particularly wanted but yeah. it's sort of um it's what i'd I'd, it, I'd i don't know why i really did it because there wasn't really a demand i just felt the need to make it and there was two sections of that that i remember distinctly and one was uh, like a thing about Watford Football Club. So I went out and did my first ever interview, which was with the Watford manager at the time, a guy called Ray Lewington, mm-hmm. um, which was fine. Like, you know, nice to do and everything. And the other was I tried to set up a gaming section of it. But mm. really the only game that I was solidly playing was was FIFA. Mm. Uh, so it felt to me that the only review in this gaming magazine or gaming section of, of this school newspaper was was just FIFA, whatever it was at the time, like FIFA Were you 10. put? Were you putting in your results? 
because I think I think in a sort of gaming world, you, you have your results and you try and talk about them or express them or share them with other people. But if you had that magazine, you were able to say how well you were doing in FIFA at that time. Yeah, well, I think any review of FIFA that has come about on any gaming magazine has always said the same thing, which is it's incredible how realistic it is. But then you play an old FIFA and you look at it and go, there's nothing realistic about this at all. But at the time, I think everyone's standards were lower. It's a yeah. bit like the argument that you can play something retro, but... I mean, if that got released now, I don't know how people would actually take to it. Yeah. God, this is bringing back memories as well. So I used to buy magazines, you know, gaming magazines. Yeah, yeah, And I remember they'd give a rating on all of them, but the rating was always out of something really high. It was like out of 100 or 150, which you don't really do with ratings, do you? It's no. always like One out ten. of five stars or out of 10. Yeah. Um, but I remember my uncle giving me a Mega Drive and just thinking it was wicked. Was that, was that a Christmas, a birthday present? But yeah, I don't really remember. Because I, because remember. I, I, mem- I remember those moments where it, like you saved up. There was like, yeah. I really want this. It's pocket money. Did you did you ever like have to save up? Yeah, of course. Of course. But I, I don't remember saving for a, a game or a gaming console. I think it was just my uncle wanted rid of this thing for whatever reason. And I was first in line to get sure. it, which was amazing. But I remember some of the games on it. And uh, one of my favourite games to play was my, uh, my, my mate Lee... He used to play Streets of Rage. Yeah. And that is one of my favourite memories of going around to his house and just spending hours on this thing. And I think it was one of those games that, and this is nothing against my parents, but that they wouldn't have approved of me playing Mm. at the time. Because, I I mean, I must have been young. It must have been like eight, nine years old, something like that. Yeah, because I think they they expect you to emulate that or or sort of um, copy it in some way. But was were you, Chris? Were you like the streets of rage? Well, were you, were you going into the, the streets of Watford? Yeah, and just up? like if I remember right, you had to like punch the vending machines to to get stuff out of it. Um, but no, I wasn't. No. I was actually a very good kid. Okay, so yeah. the, the Sega Mega Drive first console <laughs> in uh, Watford. You loved FIFA, but what other games sort of do you like your first sort of memories of playing and going? Oh, this is what I love. I love game. Yeah, I think. Um, I, I mean, the obvious was like Mario Kart has always been around. I think GoldenEye for me and my mates was was an amazing time because I think that was when I was in about year seven, year eight, everyone was obsessed with GoldenEye and there were certain people who were really good at it. Mm. But I think generally, do, do you know what I found with GoldenEye? It's like, you know, with Call of Duty, there are some people that if, if you're like me and you like Call of Duty, but unless you've commit serious time to it mm. you you can't get good at it because people there's too many ways that people can be good at it yeah. with goldeneye i think it was slightly more of a leveler yeah. you could not play that much and still be pretty decent at it and still enjoy it rather than going well this is pointless yeah um, the, what favorite character it's got to be odd job right for the odd, jo- odd job was great jaws was amazing yeah. on it um and did you play because yeah. there were certain rules that i played with my mates, they had an N64, I didn't. And the control, I could never get to, get to grips with that control. Like, what are it these was awful. Extra, like, you'd what are these sweat. extra things? Yeah, but also, you couldn't, you could never hold it for that long. It was like, it was, it looked like it was shaped really well, but my memory of it was, was it just got really slippery and, and horrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that would be a great excuse to use is like, <laughs> we're going to have to have a, a de sweating of the palms. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but did you, did you like the golden gun? Oh was the mo- one shot would kill that's and that right. was point if anyone had that gun it was like oh well this is a waste of time that's right i remember one lad tom wright i, I don't know where that name's come from but he was just this lad who just caned goldeneye he was unbelievable at it. i wonder we should do you have his number now we should call him <laughs> see if he's made it survived the apocalypse yeah, tom wright you still maybe. playing i'm still playing now I, I reckon he would i remember he was the kind of guy that had um bb guns 
uh, and he would go out okay. into the garden and sort of fire them off, you know. It was, uh, I'm sure he's fine. Sure he's fine. <laughs> the early signs would suggest he would survive an yeah. apocalypse or be the cause of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, all right. So, did you did you have brothers and sisters? I did. It- yeah. So, younger brother, younger sister. So, I feel like for me in my life, I've always had to break down barriers with my parents so that my brother and sister would benefit. So, for example, um, games and things like that, where parents would be slightly nervous about giving you uh, a game with loads of guns and swearing yeah. and whatever. Uh, I was the one that would push the boundaries on that mm-hmm. so my little brother could play whatever Trend game setter, he wanted. they call you. Yeah, but then he'd abuse his position. So, for example, like he got... Uh, I remember that there was an Eminem album and he was about uh, 10, 9, 10 years old. And I remember my mum making him take the CD back to Woolworths oh, uh, where he got this album. And exchange it. Explicit hopefully... lyrics, you know? Sure. I, I like <laughs> the idea that your brother took it back and they're like, we can't give you the money back, but you can trade it in. Pick a mix. That's where yeah. we're going. <laughs> but also the, the reason for a refund is uh, my mother was offended by the... <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't happen, does it? No, it doesn't at all. R.I.P. Woolworths as well. didn't si- survive the uh, apocalypse, No, sadly. way before the apocalypse it didn't survive. I think Wimpy, there's I've... one still going. Uh, if I remember rightly, it was one transaction that, that tipped him over the edge and that was the return of an Eminem album. <laughs> yeah. That was it. <laughs> the balance went. <laughs> no one saw it coming. Um, yeah. But uh, the thing is, my brother was never really into computer games. So I, I mean, the internet's a wonderful thing because then obviously you can just play against anyone online. By the time you, you had to rely on mates coming over to your house, you know, to, to play these games and vice versa. So my little brother was never really into it. But then one year he saved up his money and bought a Dreamcast. Do you wow. remember that? It I was do like remember fleeting the, for about the dream. It, it felt like a dream because it only lasted for a little it, yeah. amount of time, and then it was it but was it then a nightmare. Do you remember they sponsored Arsenal? And uh, I, I swear it was there for about six months. Yeah. I don't know if there was any games in it. What think, was the was one the where Tekken, all the characters? Think, the Tekken was it a Tekken that they would fight and it'd be on a round situation, so they would spin yeah, okay. round. Yeah. What was what was the one with the the um, like some Mario could fight? It was like a Royal Rumble situation, and they were all just fighting each other. Do you remember this? Or was that a cheese dream? Smash. Is something like Smash something? Yeah, but maybe. Smash Bros? Yeah, it might be that. And, and then, I seem to remember that was on the Dreamcast. Okay. I, w- I want to I move on a little bit, the, the, the sort of early memories of gaming. Mm-hmm. But in terms of work life, uh, I, I remember on GTA, you had the radio sound system that would have the radio stations mm-hmm. that would sort of like, and I, I, that's kind of one of the, not the only reason, but there's lots of reasons why I wanted to get into radio. What, what was it for you? Because you did hospital radio at one point, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we worked at the same place for quite a long time. And um, I think anyone that works for Radio 1 generally has a love for radio. And and that's always been the case for me. I used to do hospital radio. So actually a bit like this, you'd be in the bunker of a hospital at Northwood Park Hospital. And um, it was right next to the morgue, actually. So you like here, surrounded by death, you know, some, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but did it? If you were surrounded by it, did it did it inspire you at the age of like sixteen to sort of like just have some bangers on, put absolute yeah. classics? Well, on. you had to be careful, obviously, what songs you're playing because your audience was a lot of uh, ill people in hospital. Mm-hmm. And what I'd do before the show is I'd go and meet a lot of people mm. who were ill in hospital and basically force them to listen. So mm. I'd take a request of them, and then it guaranteed that you had a certain amount of listeners. Um, but the thing is, I would say, is it was lots of fun. And, and things like hospital radio, anyone can go and sign up to. Same with like student radio or mm. community radio. It's a great thing to get involved in. And then really what I do now on Radio 1, as you know, is not really dissimilar to what I was doing then. It's just have lots of fun. Um, 
I get to do silly things every day and hopefully in this apocalyptic world mm. don't know why I've struggled to say Sounds that tropical when you say um, it like that apocalyptic in this apocalyptic world I think our radio show is quite a nice sort of tonic to it in yeah. that if you're having a bit of a rubbish time, hopefully you can just tune in and get involved in a bit of fun and a bit of silliness. And that's that's all we want to do, be a bit of kind of light relief to everything. Definitely. Um, I, and- I love that idea that you, because with Hospital A, you're going around, you're, you're chatting to people saying, do you want a request? Do you want a song uh, played? And then you were... But I, I like the idea you're, you're making them listen Is it, because <laughs> yeah. what was the sort of average numbers? There's not a lot. They have to, do they have to pay to tune into the no, radio? Was no, it free? that was the wonderful thing. So in hospital radio, it was, it was free to listen. Did you ever play theme park hospital? Cause that was like one of my favorite oh hospital my based God, games. Oh my God, that was a game. Yeah. You could, yeah. you could shoot the, uh, the rats or mice that were running around <laughs> as a little target. People, was that, was, was that, I mean, that was like those fairground games right? yeah, yeah. where you can set the whole thing up and yeah. Yeah, theme park uh, and and the theme park hospital sort of element, but there was just like people would come in with huge heads, and you, you'd have to buy the machinery to f- to cure these people. But what there wasn't, and I think it lacked, was just a, a, a radio section. Yeah. Oh yeah, they they never include the hospital yeah. radio in any of these sort of things. Was it like The Sims, or was it? I pretty much. I think that that definitely led to all of those sim where you are the creator, you're mm. godlike. But, yeah. But, but Sims was one of those games that people played and you, it would bring out an, uh, a darker well, side. Well, it's, it's, mate, it's well, what, what sort of things would you... Ruthless. Because there was a cheat where you could have unlimited money. Yeah. Some people, it's horrific, but they would set up to, to, to kill their Sims off. Like you bl- block the... Yeah, but that's trapped. what you do. So what you did is you'd build... I like to build a, a sort of maze yeah. out of it. So, so they'd go in and then you remove the doors yeah. at various points and then they're just in there. I just watch them from above. <laughs> <laughs> it feels so wrong, but that that's yeah. what that game... like. So there's something... It wasn't made for that, I guess. I don't think so. But yet you, you had an 18-rated game, which was a bit gory. Like you were saying as the oldest uh, of your brothers and sisters, like you just... You would set the trend, but Sims was supposed to be a fun, playful, nice game. Well, it was meant to be, but, the, but that's... People twisted it, it. I think if you've got the option to do things... It, you're right, it allows you to delve into your brain and you could, with your powers with The Sims, do quite nasty things to them if you wanted. Mm. Equally, you could do good. And maybe, you know, Grand Theft also gets a, a massive kick in for, mm. you know, if you, how can you have games like that and then people go and imitate it and that? Mm. Maybe what they've got to do is allow the options on that. So you could actually perhaps mm. do the whole game from quite a nice... Um, you know, Viewpoint. do-gooder sort yeah. of thing. Stopping crime. I, I I never completed uh, GTA um, because I, I'm trying to bring down my carbon footprint, so I could <laughs> I'd have to walk everywhere in the game. Yeah. And it just it's long, isn't it? It's, re- it's a big old uh, place. So in, in terms of radio, like, were you, are you still gaming now when you're at Radio One, or were you gaming more then back back I, in the hospital? I radio mean, days? I think yeah, I think look, I had quite a lot more time then to be able to to play games and and also when i was at uni there was loads of times and some of my mates were really into call of duty as in uh you know there was one lad kieran who i'm sure will see this um good old k-dog but whenever i went around to his place he was in his bed and he was just he had a big tv he was playing call of duty you know yeah occasionally he'd, he'd take a break and lean out his window and do whatever <laughs> and um and then, and then back to call of duty and, and some munchies yeah and and it's <laughs> not even a full get up just lean out the window yeah. and he stunk and his room stunk and it's like i remember there was a, a girl that he was seeing and he you know she desperately tried to change him and he yeah. we, we wouldn't change and I'd come back like I'd be DJing in uh, in like a local club because to 
to earn some money at uni, I was like DJing nightclubs in Southampton, actually. I know. My and hometown. Then, uh, yeah, I'd come back from work at like three, four in the morning and he'd still be there playing. And I could hear it. Like he'd go through the door and, um, and, and he'd have one of those headsets as well. And you just hear all this chat coming from that room. He'd spend so much time on it. Yeah. It was incredible. So what do you know what K-Dog's doing now? In terms of like, it, it has that gaming affected his... No, he's, he's doing well. He's ruthless. But then I'd, I think that comes from the ruthless efficiency that comes from playing Call of Duty for 13 yeah. hours a day. Would you play against him? Because you, you look, you've got to have a hobby, but it also could be a yeah. career now in, in the world of esports. But did you play against him? Because you said earlier, if you're not good enough... It's not that fun. Well, so to, like, it, that's my annoyance with Call of Duty. The very best thing about it is you can play other people. But unless you're really good at that game, it's pointless. Like mm. It causes you more anxiety and stress running around, not being able to, to, to perform. You know, and that's the truth of it. You feel you feel like you can't rise to the occasion on Call of Duty. So mm. I had to stick to the campaign mode and yeah, put yeah. it on easy. And then I felt empowered and a boss. Sure. But when you're running around and, and people take the piss with you on Call of Duty, <laughs> like when they know what they're doing, they literally, it's a bit like in football where someone will go trap the ball in front of the goal and then just bend down and head it in. Yeah. On Call of Duty, they come, they do laps around you. Yeah, yeah. And I'm there go, go in circles just <laughs> trying to catch up. It's like, unless you know what you're doing on some game, online you're screwed and yeah. to do that you've got to spend so much time so what i've started doing is just concentrating on one game and that's fifa fifa i think i i'm i'm half decent at mm-hmm. and i think what everyone needs to do is just have one game in their locker that they're amazing at mm-hmm. it's a um because you can't you can't be good at everything can you unless you're no. you no i'm not i'm not good i'm not i'm, <laughs> I'm not good i'm i don't mind playing it but you know your level yeah like it's I, i'm jack of all of all games but not elite level i'm not like stepping up so i'll just you know yeah play at a comfortable level and then not embarrass myself which i think is one way but then you lose out in the fun of it so so how did you get better at fifa is that what you're playing throughout <laughs> uni you were you were committing yeah. those hours so at uni i played a lot of fifa then there was one year where suddenly pro evo was the game that everyone yeah. played and everyone made this switch to pro evo even though the teams were called like london united yeah, manchester red <laughs> and um Everyone made this switch and then FIFA got really good again. So I then went back to FIFA, but suddenly the controls were opposite. Mm. And FIFA had a setting on it, which was called, I think it was alternate controls, just to appease everyone that had gone to Pez and then come back. And it's like, you're welcome back. And look, we'll give you your controls from the other one. It was like a negotiation (laughs) that never had to happen, but an acknowledgement that... FIFA screwed up one year and it was pro Evo all of a sudden. Um, So, yeah, there was loads of that. A a lot of it at uni involved dares as well. Okay. Is is this the kind of like, if if you let a goal in, there's a certain day you have to do, like if if Gary Neville scores or there was a Phil Neville scores, then you have to... If if you lose 5-0, you had to run naked to Subway just down the road. Sure, with your foot in in You know, in Portswood, the, the Subway in Portswood in Southampton. And um, so this often happened, like, we'd come back from a night out. I'm picturing, I, can, I know how long this road is, yeah. Yeah. And my student house was down the other end of it. 
So what we would do is I would obviously take off all my clothes. So this to, happened, you lost five Oh, this nil. happened Did three you? or four times, yeah. <laughs> no. Surely <laughs> came just defend, 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 defend. Yeah, no, because you get sucked into a... Um, it's, it's horrible. When you're at 4-0, yeah. it, it's like everything's against you at that point. You know you've lost momentum. There's nothing you can do. You make desperate challenges. And those desperate challenges, when you start sliding around, you you lose control and you actually invite a lot of pressure. Um, you lose your head in that moment. Do you know moment. what? After doing three or four naked runs, you actually <laughs> don't... It, the, the dare element to it goes. You become yeah. actually a bit immune yeah. to it. But the the best thing about it <laughs> is we used to... It's so bad, this. But, like, we would... The rule became that you'd have to go to Subway, but then you'd have to knock on the door <laughs> for the Subway as well. So, I, I mean, there must be footage and... It would be one, me or one of the other guys. You'd run down to Subway, knock on the door. But the guys got so used to it in there, they'd just wait. <laughs> and then you'd have to come running back. Did you Again. not ever explain yourself? Uh, in yeah, this what, what do you say? And like, and also, you're not going to hang around with it, no. are you? Um, it could have been worse. They could have sent me in to order meatballs or something. <laughs> but it's, you know, <laughs> I'll have a six inch, please. That sort of thing. It's, but it was... Because it, there were, there were, it, was it wasn't the naked days. There was FIFA apologies. You'd have to write a FIFA apology. Exactly, yeah. And but, and we sort of dealt with that internally. Because the FIFA apology thing's a nice idea in that, but it's quite a public way of doing it. Whereas when you're playing that much FIFA with your a group of mates, you just need punishments that are there and then. Mm. Um, I think that is the word for it as well. We used to just punish each other. And obviously, like a couple of times you'd have shots and stuff like that. But I'm a big believer in dares with games, like mm. real life stuff that comes about from playing games. Yeah. So I, think, I think that's a good thing. So, so your mate, so your mate uh, Kieran at university <laughs> yeah. never left that room. You, you, you introduced those rules. Suddenly he's connected to society again. You know, he's, he's able to sort of like uh, yeah. get back in again. Real world consequences for fantasy events. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that. All right. So in my notes here, you, you officially joined uh, Radio 1 in, in 2012. But there was a moment that, I, and I think you know where I'm going with this for the introduction, mm. the Myla Kunis incident. Yeah. That was such a like, thrown in the deep end like believe yeah. you, had, you you were running late to get there you didn't know quite what you're going to do and end up offering out to go to, to Watford but that that would be yeah exactly and it's ridiculous when you say it like that but I think it, it's for me I would hope that anyone that's watching this could see how I sometimes think with things like Radio 1 and big TV shows there's an element of like people don't think that they could ever be doing it. And mm. a lot of people might like to work on Radio 1. A lot of people won't. Um, but could, I'd like to think anyone could recognise that if I can do it, they can. They yeah, genuinely can do it. I think that's why it's so lovable. <laughs> to, to remind, remind and me. same with Mila Kunis thing. So, so with, with the Mila Kunis thing, I got asked to, to go to something called a junker interview. And you've done a load of these. And it's basically where you have to sit down with a Hollywood star and interview them. And you get told... Right, you're only going to have seven minutes, and there's loads of angry American PR people around, and it's it's actually a, a horrible, horrible way to to meet someone and, and talk. And generally, they don't want to be there. They've been promoting a movie for so long. They get asked exactly the same question. They sit in a room and all day just get asked the same question. That's it. And um, I was violently underprepared. I didn't really know much about the movie, and sat down with Mila Kunis. And didn't really know what to talk about. So I just went to what I 
would talk about with friends, which is Watford Football Club. And I think, uh, well, I invited her for Nando's at one point. It's um, a shame you didn't tell her about the magazine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and actually, it was really good just sitting down having a chat. And the one thing that that taught me was was that it's actually okay to, to be yourself in situations. And all right, like you have quite a lot of people who then take the piss out of you for it. Yeah. But but whatever, it, it was, it, it ended up going quite viral. Yeah. And, uh, Cause, cause, and it oh, sort so, of changed things a lot for me. So it changed, <laughs> it, it did change things a lot. Weirdly enough. So and I thought what, I screwed what, up. So I text, uh, I did that interview with Mila Kunis, walked out, phoned Scott and apologised. I was like, mate, we're not going to be able to use this. I'm so sorry, I've screwed it up. Oh, that's so endearing, yeah. And then the next day that Mila Kunis interview went out, and within 24 hours, uh, I was getting all these messages and it had had something like half a million views. And then within three days, it had, had five, six, seven million views. And that's it was just going, mad. it was going ridiculous. And, and and I think that testament is you were just being yourself. You went into that situation. I know I've been in situations like I've gone, this is how I'm supposed to act. I'll just, I'll, I'll blend in. Mm. So talk to me about the film. What was it? What was it like working with so-and-so? Yeah. Do I care about that? No. So it would have been better to to ask the questions that i really wanted to or go so what's it like doing these junkets or being real being honest in but that she moment? was wicked because i think she saw that i didn't really know what i was doing and actually found it a bit more endearing and a bit more interesting and everything that happened on that day i think was a good thing because it showed it showed that it, i think it showed how fake the whole mm. world can be in that sort of promo and you know they're there to promote a film and they've got no interest in your life and and really you're not having much interest in their life you're just wanting to find things that could be really clickbaity or mm. or stuff that will go big online whereas the reality is having quite a boring conversation that you would have just with you and your mates mm. but with you and someone else where you're both interested and you're both engaged was more interesting than anything else the, yes, the meta. That is that. That is what it's we should quite be aiming. Meta. <laughs> That's yeah. what we should be aiming for. Uh, it, it was a stressful situation. You were thrown in that moment, Chris. But uh, are there, when it comes to gaming, are there any games that have really like heightened your stress levels? That you're like, I don't know if I can deal with this as a game. Yeah, I think you always reach a point. Um, I think there's loads of mobile games at the moment as well, where you get involved in them and it's nice and easy at the start. Yeah. Then they're asking you for a lot of money <laughs> to be able to get it. And that causes you stress because it's both financial stress and like, I'm, I need to get through this game. And you find yourself caring about the tiniest thing. But yeah, look, gaming is stressful because yeah. you get to a point where it's such a challenge that you're finding yourself falling asleep, trying to work out how you're going to do things. I've fallen asleep setting up what my ultimate team would be on FIFA. Like, and who I, who I'm thinking like a football manager. It's like, who could I bring in? Yeah. And it's like, I'm, I'm bidding on players and stuff like that. And, and you do, you get really invested. And I sort of love that because I think gaming is an amazing escape from, you know, everything from the apocalypse outside. Um, it's just, it lets you just go to another world, doesn't it? Uh, ultimate team on FIFA. Yeah. Let's hold there for a second because you, <laughs> y you love your football. You're a mm. Watford fan. Uh, do you try and make Watford brilliant or, or is there sort of like a, a kind of selfish thing that you want to prove that Chris Stark is the best manager? I can get the best <laughs> chemistry out of this team. I think the, with ultimate team, it was... Uh, it was amazing because you could obviously set this team up and then play people online. It's a bit like Football Manager. I loved football and, and do love Football mm. Manager. But I loved when that element to it came into FIFA, even mm. if it was a slightly watered down version because Football Manager is just the best. Yeah. Um, 
Because football uh, manager yeah, told but, you how long you'd been playing that game. I yeah, don't know, I don't know what levels you like. You should. Oh, it would tell God. you. You need to take a wash. You should yeah. have a have a have a shave. Uh, it takes over your life. But with FIFA, I do think that I started to take so much pride in this team. It was it was just crazy how much you start thinking about it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do think there's an element of even though it's a completely. You know, it's a, it's a game, it's made up. You do take it personally. And even when you are losing to a five-year-old on, you know, <laughs> online, and you can hear them, sometimes you can hear them, they accidentally leave the mic on. And it's like, there's an amazing video. Um, Crouchy showed me it, Yeah. right? And it's of a, a kid who's, he's winning a game and a parent walks in and basically says, you've... Oh, I don't know what we can say here, um, but you've, keep it clean. Yeah, Ish. you've uh, you've pooed yourself. Oh, yes. you need to go and go and go to the toilet. Go and he's accidentally left the mic on his. Uh, oh his no. video. It's one of the best things ever. I, I need to check this out uh, because the, the, even if you, your gamer tag is like uh, a mate of mine is like nineteen eighty six something uh, noggin and and uh, so he's just getting abuse. Like, all right, granddad, time to go home. And he's like, it's not even that old, but yeah. you, but. You mentioned Crouchy. That's mm. been a, become a, a big part of your your life. I love the podcast uh, with Crouchy. What was it like? Was he ever in your ultimate team? Yeah. And you get to you get to work. With oh him? my god, Crouchy! I, I've always loved Peter Crouch. I think he's he's an amazing footballer. And actually, since doing the podcast, I I didn't. I I think we've all taken him for granted a little bit. I think he's a great character, but I don't think he necessarily got the footballing credit that he deserves. Mm. Like when you look at the stats with him, he is, he's an unbelievable striker. Mm. He, um, he knew where the goal was, didn't he, Chris? He knew where the goal was. <laughs> I'm not just saying it. And obviously it sounds like I'm now trying to big up someone that's become a new friend. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, he's, he is, he, he is and was an incredible footballer. Um, and now he's in the world of podcasts and that's been so fun to do. And, and, I, again, it's a bit like the Radio One stuff. I'm amazed how much people have bought into the podcast and how big it's got. Yeah. It's crazy. Like you, you go out somewhere and people are coming up and talking about the podcast rather than necessarily the Radio One yeah. show now, which is mad because you you do a podcast, you just think it's going to be you know three of us pissing around or like in a small space. Yeah, and it's just amazing how. how well, it's, it's gone. It, I think for you, it's the whole thing of like. You, everyone feels like they know you i feel like i know you i i, I do like we do, do know, know me yeah i know but what i'm saying is <laughs> even when i don't see you i haven't seen you for a couple of years yeah. like i'm bumping into you now it's as if time's gone past and 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 it feels like those days where i'm grateful and glad that i thanked you for a cup of tea all the times <laughs> that i came in and played innuendo bingo yeah i'm ready when those are those moments that's what people feel like when they listen to your style of of, of being chris stark they, yeah. they love chris stark they love the radio they love the podcast so you're you're in there being very real and just be yourself. Mate, so that's look, why they know you. But I, but now you are going to become friends with Crouchy because I think infectious character to to sort of hang with him and and you enjoy his yeah, company. It's it's just really fun. Here's the thing, Tom. Like, not everyone you you can. One thing I've learned with this, you 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 know, a lot of people won't like you, and that's and that's totally cool. You cannot please everyone. Um, I think it, it's the same with absolutely anyone in any job. Um, however, what I would say is I feel so lucky that there's so much kind of goodwill put towards me because there are far more competent presenters that could do the Peter Crouch podcast. You would do a much better job than me. Um, and it's the same with the Radio 1 stuff and everything. However, 
I would say that I've really enjoyed the opportunity to with Crouchy to come up with a, a podcast which isn't so serious and we've made this amazing community of people that listen and feel part of it and we did Crouch Fest not that long ago which was like a festival for the podcast and it was ludicrous but it was such good fun and so yeah I, I think we, we've done two series of it and yeah we're talking about doing a, a third series now which would be I think really good to I, do. I feel you play yourself down too much mr mr stark you're a fantastic uh what you I, played, do. I played fifa but, but against because he, he plays as well yeah so so i i it's something i've wanted to do since the first series is is see what he's like you know when you when you're up against him um he's not that great at fifa it's incredible <laughs> really? because well it's an interesting one isn't it because you'd think such a good footballer should be amazing at those games i don't know why i think that but probably because they have the tactical knowledge you would well think. the tactical knowledge and also they do have a lot of time, you know. He's got mm. plenty of time. If I if I had his get up, like in his house, he's got this this. That was my next question. So you've been? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Early doors? Uh, or did, um, you have to, did he invite you, or did you go? Yeah, we should. Hang well, we did sometime. a couple of the podcasts at his house as well. Oh, so it, it was for work. So yeah, it, it kind of was. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, there's pros and cons to going around Crouchy's house for the for the podcast. The the pros are. Um, on the first time we went, Abby Clancy bought him bacon sandwiches. Oh, just him? Like, just him? No, no what do oh, you mean? For for us as well. Oh, for, oh okay. Yeah, not just say, for Crouchy. How awkward was that? But it was amazing. The door opened. She came in with a tray of bacon sandwiches. I was like, this whole situation right now <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but, the, the, other, the other pros are he's got like a huge TV screen. So be, Better for FIFA? Better for FIFA. But, but that was... One of my favourite things about FIFA has been how, like, as I've done better for myself, the TV has got bigger. Okay, because that a kid, improves you the start, FIFA experience. Start off on a small screen because that's all you're really allowed. Small screen in the dining room in my parents' house. It was and it was a tiny little thing that you had to sort of bang to to make work. It was really old, really old TV, and they just shoved it in the dining room. However, because they were watching stuff in the in the living room, I would watch stuff in the dining room. Right? Wait, did you have to have it on a mute? Or volume down? No, it was just like, I just had to, I had my own space there. Like generally I would yeah. go in there and sort of, they'd leave me to it. So that was where I started playing. You Level know, one? It's quite hard. Yeah. Yeah. Level that, two would be then taking it somewhere else. Well, then got... I got a TV in my bedroom. Hello. Right. Obviously a game changer that, because sure. that means then you can be up all night. Yeah. So what do you do after that? Well, I'm in my parents' house still. I can't afford to get out. Uh, I need a bigger TV. Mm. Here's where... Scott Mills did his first, I would say, proper solid thing for me. Yeah. I'd become friends with him and he was getting an even bigger TV for his house because famous, he can afford like... Bigger TV. The more famous you are, the bigger the TV. Absolutely. Um, so he was getting rid of uh, a TV. Uh, so me and my best mate drove over to his house, took the TV from him. My mate took his microwave as well. Um, <laughs> allowed to. He didn't allowed just to, yeah. Okay, because he didn't just nick it. <laughs> Which, by the way... Um, my mate took it to his parents' house and he gave it as a present to them, but it was faulty. And every time you pressed start, it gave a little bolt off the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he kind of got screwed over on that front. However, I took this TV home and it was on the edge of the bed and it was huge. This was like the ultimate for me. Suddenly I had a huge TV on the end of my bed and you do two things in that situation. Yeah. One is you explore all of the channels that are available to you on your free view box. 
and because everything's bigger it's like yeah, they're yeah. in the room with you and the second thing is you play fifa yeah. and it's nuts because you're you're not used to obviously look at you're used to squinting at a little team suddenly everything's laid out in front of you it's like you can play fifa and be knocking balls out left right and center it's like being the player yeah but then you always get used to it, don't you? It doesn't matter how big it, it gets. So how big uh, Which is why now? I look at Crouchies and I think that's what's happened there. Yeah. He's gone up and up and up. And now it's just, it's ludicrous. It's a whole wall. So there's, there's an optimum level where you, you've peaked. You've, you've plateaued. <laughs> it's like, this. it doesn't matter now. The screen's too big. He, he can't get any bigger than that because it's just, it is just, I don't know what he'll do now. So for him, he's, he's done, which yeah. is why I assume he's retired. Sure. From- <laughs> There's, but, no, there's nowhere to go. But what about you, though, in your <laughs> relationships, uh, like TV <laughs> relationships? Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't assume. I didn't assume you've been in the one same time. Have you always been in a relationship? Uh, same one. Uh, what, what relationship with who? The, with, with... A girlfriend. Oh yeah, no. Uh, because, okay. Because because, because I, I don't need the chronological order of that. But yeah, <laughs> this is not that show. But what I wanted was it has... in terms of your gaming and and. Uh, how you've managed to fit in gaming around that yeah. as a relationship. Yeah, well, look, it's hard, isn't it? If you, You've got to fit gaming around a job, gaming around life, and you've got to fit gaming around girlfriend or wife, mm. in my instance, right? Or, mm. or whoever you're with. And um, I would say... Um, I, I would say... If I look at my data, and I've some were more tolerant of gaming than others. Yeah. And, and now married, right? I say that. In and I'm married now, yeah. Which is, congratulations on that. Cheers, mate. It's a major achievement, actually. It's the kind of thing that should go on the Wikipedia. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but but does it become more lenient if you're, if you're married? You can, I don't you can... know. I don't know. I think, uh, look, I, I, love, I love the escape that comes from gaming, but I actually think it, uh, it is hard, isn't it? But then there's so many apps that come with games now that you mm. can, like with going back to Ultimate Team, I could... When I'm not playing FIFA, I could be on a train or something. I could be setting up the team on my phone, yeah, yeah. which is awesome. So, I I don't know. I don't think it. I don't think. I think if you're in the right relationship, you should be allowed to do kind of most things that you want mm. to do. Um, but I guess it's always balance, isn't it? But the TV's gone from the end of the bed. Do you know what I mean? I can't get away yeah. with playing. Know, That's true. the major difference. Yeah, actually, when you get deep in a relationship, it's much harder to be in bed playing games. So, yeah. Um, there, there was a peak that you plateaued it. I've worded that badly, but you get yeah. what I mean. It's yeah. like, as the as the relationship goes on, I find less that you do in the bedroom. On a gaming, gaming, work, gaming, gaming wise. wise. That's a beautiful way to put it. Uh, but you know, the nice thing is we don't have to worry about that because it, it's the end of the world. Uh, it's, it, 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 so therefore... So my wife is dead? No, I'm not suggesting that. I don't know what's happened. We'll give her... We'll try and... Get, <laughs> we'll do a search party, see if she's still out there. I, I know what you mean, though. We're in here, and the point is this is a safe space, and, and um, I can do as much gaming as I like in here. So if... And I'm taken on board. If there was one game that you could play for the rest of your days, mm. you had to just choose just one, or maybe a franchise, which would it be? Oh, I, I'd probably say Call of Duty. Okay. Two reasons on that. One is that in some sort of way, it's probably training for whatever's out there and how we mm. can deal with it. Um, but also, I just feel like you need to spend hours and hours and hours in the game. I've never been good at it. Mm. I think it's not necessarily my favourite game ever. It's more just that I would need so long to get to a standard where I could comfortably beat the five-year-old yeah. that's on the other end that's running rings around me. You know, yeah. 
that's perfect. So, so, so it's it. The game's got enough depth for you to improve. Yeah. And then, oddly enough, in an apocalyptic world, when there aren't as many people, you can dominate and therefore maybe be the best. Well, exactly. But yeah, yeah that said, if there's less people playing online, then maybe it'll get a bit. You, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's out there. So, um, assuming that some children have survived, um, <laughs> it'd be good to defeat at least one on Call of Duty before my time's up on this world. Okay, I like it. Uh, Chris Stark, uh, we'll stick with that then. Call of Duty, the franchise, is your game uh, or games that you will play for the rest of your days. Yeah. Um, which is which is great because Lynx, right, keeps you chilled uh, under pressure. It keeps you, you know, proper chilled. So I'm going to test you now and see if you can stay cool, calm and collected as I ask you as many questions in 60 seconds on Call of Duty to see how many you can get right. And then, check this out, I'm leaning back because that is the Lynx most chill leaderboard. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Michael Dapper uh, is up there. Eight and a half. Uh, Blake Harrison, three. So. Okay, fine. So we just need to beat Blake. That's uh, the aim there. That is all you need to do. So, um, uh, Krista, I'm just going to look at you right now. Mm. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Here you go then. Okay, when was the first Call of Duty title released? Oh, I don't know. Just give me, give me, give, give me Nine, a year. Um, 2000. Mm, three years out, 2003. What war is the world at war based on? Cold War. <clears throat> it's World War Two. Uh, what benefits did the perk Ninja Pro give a player? Ninja <laughs> Pro. Think of a ninja. What is a ninja? This is why I want to is play the game for the rest distance? of the time. Is that a ninja in a distance? Oh, they're very... Quiet. Yeah. Okay. Um... <laughs> Name two what famous. What's the answer? Right, it's just makes your footsteps completely silent. You yeah, so that's on. that's right. That's yeah, one. Right. Yeah. He's giving himself a point. Uh, name two famous actors who have voiced characters in the COD franchise. Oh, f- Come on, actors, just name a couple. See what's happening. Mila Kunis and Jennifer Aniston. Okay, unfortunately, they're in the next one that's coming out next year. Uh, in 2012, a Guinness World Record was set for the longest video game marathon. What COD game was played? Um, uh, Black Ops. I'll give him that. Two. All right, so how many did I get? I got one. No, I feel like you got two. Two. No, I got two. You're right. Thing is, I don't like being bottom of the leaderboard on on anything like this, but... Do you know what I can do for you, right, is I can always try... Oh, that's wrong. Uh, Just testing myself there. Uh, There you go. Chris Stark. Uh, Don't worry about it. I'll try and make sure the next guest uh, scores Mm. lower. Yeah, that's something because because, because I yeah. do know you as we found out. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like, I don't want to lose this whole thing. That would be um, yeah, it would be embarrassing. But listen, listen, it's not that bad. Uh, Links most chill leaderboard. Uh, jobs are good. And um, Chris, have you have you enjoyed coming into the bunker? To- I have. Do you, do you know what? Weirdly enough, it's felt good to to talk. And um, isn't it funny how gaming can bring people together like this? It's beautiful, even in the world that we have. I tell you what, well, listen, we've got to wrap things up, but maybe we can play a game. Um, Listen, uh, thank you very much for watching Games for the End of the World. Uh, Thank you for watching. Thank you very much for listening as well. And don't forget, we are on YouTube as well. So leave us a like, a comment, and just uh, subscribe and and spread the love there. Uh, It's been amazing to have Chris Stark uh, in the bunker. Uh, We'll see you next time. You have been listening to Games for the End of the World on Joe. Together with Lynx.